The reading is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, beginning at verse 19, and you'll find it on page 1208 of the Pew Bible. A call to persevere in faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. Morning. Do keep that open in, in front of you. And um, I don't normally do uh, a service with props, um, uh, unless it's all age, but I, I have a few props here. And you're thinking, oh, no, what's he got? Um, uh, my first prop is this. Um, this passage has always been really uh, one of those passages that I've really uh, come back to again and again. And uh, I, I call it the lettuce uh, passage. And uh, I've raided my fridge this morning and I've got a, I've got a half-eaten lettuce because we do need to eat in the, uh, the vicarage. Um, uh, why am I calling it the lettuce You've got it. Are you, are, you, are you with me? Oh, it's falling apart, the lettuce. Lettuce. Look at the, the words. Lettuce. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold unswervingly. Let us consider how we may spur one another. Let us not uh, give up meeting together. I know it's not a very good joke, but it was definitely, uh, there was more laughter at the, the 9.50. Anyway, do you want to hold that? So you can have a munch if you need to, Andrew. Um, so <laughs> he's going to go round, isn't it? So the, it, it, iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce, absolutely. This is a passage. Lettuce is, is about exhortation. It's about persuasion. It's about um, urging and, and pushing us on uh, as a church in a certain way, to live a certain way. And so let's just, with that thought, take a moment to pray as we begin. Father, we just thank you so much for your word, and we pray that we would be this church. Let us be this, this church that you uh, have called us to be, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, an opening question, a rhetorical question. Can you be the, be the church on our own without gathering, without gathering. That's, the, that's what we're thinking about um, this morning. And the passage shows us, I think, and any church, that we need 
to be gathered. We need to be gathered. And so we're going to look at three things. I'll tell you them because I hadn't had time to put a PowerPoint there. The first of all is the uniqueness of our gathering. It's a very unique thing. The second is the nature of that gathering. What does it look like? And then thirdly, the source of that gathering, the source of it. So let's um, think about the first one. The opinion polls, if you uh, talk to pollsters, they'll tell you um, that people will say that they are, I'm spiritual, but I'm, I'm not particularly religious. Or they'll say, um, I'm interested in God, maybe Jesus, but I'm not particularly into church. Uh, and actually the passage has something really important to say about that, because the church is uh, really, really very important. It's a, and it's absolutely unique for us. Um, verse 25 tells us, let us not give up meeting together. Now, the word meeting here, there are different words in the Bible for meeting, but this one is synagogue, uh, which is where we get the word congregation. Uh, and so uh, let's just think about, we hear the word congregation, but what does congregation mean? Uh, and to think about this, I want you to think about it as, with the opposite of congregation is an aggregation, an aggregation and a congregation. And we're a congregation, not an aggregation, because an aggregation is like these bag of marbles. You see them, they're, they're there together, aren't they? But they're an aggregation, aggregates, they're all separate. We're more like a congregation. We're more like grapes. I have to confess, there would have been more. <laughs> But the children got there, and I was like, I need it for illustration, and it's half gone. So this is a very small congregation. But we're more, we are more like a congregation than an aggregation, okay? So you, you need to remember that's really very important as we think about this. Um, when we come together, we don't just come and hear a speaker. We don't just come and hear uh, uh, to have an experience of God we gather at a much deeper level because we are interconnected like, like the cluster of grapes. We're not like a bag of marbles, okay? It's very, very important. And, and what you notice in verses 24 and 25 is the use of the words one another. One another. So for a question for us as a church is how are we doing in the one anothering? The one anothering. When we um, show up, um, it is a place, isn't it, to receive God's word, uh, to pray together for the needs of the world, to praise him and um, worship him, uh, and uh, to teach uh, uh, one another. But it doesn't just stop at that kind of, those kind of things, which are very important. It, it goes much, much deeper, this kind of gathering. Um, to teach one another and to counsel one another, to, to bear with one another, to confess our sins to one another, to admonish one another, to encourage one another, to share our burdens. So when we talk about gathering, when we read verse 25 about not uh, giving up meeting with one another, uh, yes, it does mean showing up, attending. Yes, that's really very important on Sundays, but it's not 
Not simply that. It goes much, much deeper. Where does this um, happen in our lives, this kind of deeper gathering? And I suppose that happens the moment we finish the service and we go out there in the fellowship room. It happens actually when we go beyond the, uh, the walls of a building. That's where the deep friendship between brothers and sisters in Christ, where you let one another into your life because you know that you're interconnected much more like grapes than marbles, where you can open up about your struggles and pains, your trials and temptations, and that's an absolutely unique thing for us as a church. Uh, Put it this way, you could be coming to church, you could be coming to St. John's, you could be attending, but not gathering, okay, and there's a, there's a difference. Now, don't mishear me, Sundays are very, very important. Um, in a sense, Sundays become like the icing on the cake, where we're God's people, worshipping together, it's like a foretaste of heaven itself. Where, but for this kind of one-anothering, that gathering implies... You're really going to need to be, uh, go beyond the large gathering. It's going to be in small groups. It's going to be in our prayer triplets. It's going to be in, in different places and in different kind of gatherings where we can support one another. Now, verse 19 and 22 um, uses a lot of Old Testament imagery here uh, where the worshippers... Um, could not just draw near. In the Old Testament, they couldn't just simply uh, rock up to the temple willy-nilly and come into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. Uh, that could only really happen at that, a deep level. Once a year, the high priest would go in uh, and make atonement. But no one could just come near. Yet that's, that's the very thing that we all need, isn't it? We do need to come near Uh, in our gathering because that's the very thing that changes us Um, and there was no way to get that kind of deep coming together in the Old Testament and but here we read about the access that we have through the blood of Jesus who purifies us and enables us to come in um, to that gathering place where the presence of God is So it's through Jesus that we have this access. But here's the question, okay, and and this is really important for us. Uh, How do you access the access? Okay, if you think about it like this, you have access to Jesus through the blood of Jesus, but how do you access the access? That might sound quite strange. Well, think about it. Do you access it through by sitting at home watching church services, through YouTube and, and like in your, in your pajamas. Uh, well, that's one way of accessing it, okay? And, and, and sometimes that's necessary because not everyone can physically get to church because they might have particular needs. Do we get it by getting uh, the latest podcast from our favourite speakers? Well, yeah, you can, you can do that, can't you? It can be helpful. By sitting alone, looking at a motivational... Um, picture or, or, or verse, and yes, that, that, that can be ha- helpful. But at this deeper level of gathering, uh, we need to do it as a, together, 
as a, a community. We need to do this one anothering. Um, C.S. Lewis is really helpful about this. And let me read what he said about this kind of deep gathering. He said, Christ works on us in all sorts of ways, but above all, he works on us through each other. Men and women are mirrors or carriers of Christ to other men and women. That is why the church, the whole body of Christians, showing him to one another is so important. That's really important, isn't it? We need to show him to Christ to one another as we gather. Or as another writer says, it takes a church to make a disciple. It takes a church to make a disciple. So how does God's transforming presence work in us as a gathered community? Uh, If you're just showing up, yes, that is step one, attending, that's important, that's good. But if that's all the church is, then where's the deeper gathering, the deeper sense of one anothering that the scripture here talks about? We're grapes, not marbles, okay? We're interconnected. You're going to go away and think, remember that Eddie told we were a bunch of grapes. Um, the second thing is then, that's the uniqueness. The second thing is the nature of this. What does it actually look at? How does it cash out? Well, we've begun to think about it a little bit. Four things for you to remember, and they're all here in, in our passage. And the first is considering. Verse 24, and let us consider. And the word consider is a cognitive word. It's a processing word. It's a thinking word. Um, It's a thoughtful process to consider how we can be this kind of church, how we can help one another. Um, You know, we can think about it, you know, uh, this person was really angry at church. I need to really think, how can I help in that situation? Or this, this, this situation was really discouraging. How can I be more positive, more wiser, more joyful, forgiving it? and connecting people more. How can I do that sort of thing? It's a considered thing. It's a thoughtful process. Do you and I have people who we can gather with where we can do that kind of deeper kind of considering process? So that's the first thing we can consider. The second thing is the the spurring. Verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. Do you know what it means to spur someone? It's to irritate them. And to irritate them. And I know what you're thinking. There's, I know one or two people who are irritating in church. <laughs> That's what it is. That's, it's what it means. Um, and uh, a spur is something that is often connected to the back. If you've ever been horse riding to the back of your heel, that you, you tap the... Oh, you, you shouldn't dig too hard into a, a horse, but in order to, to get it to move, to, to go in the right direction. Um, we need, putting it bluntly, people who are going to irritate us in our lives to confront us lovingly and kindly. Um, so that, verse 23, we may hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Because a horse can go all over the place, but you need to spur it on in in a straight line. We all need people in our lives who will love us enough to give us what we need 
not what we want. If you think about it like this, do you know how sin really works in our lives? It's taken me years to, to, to realize this, how sin really works in my life. Um, the thing about sin is it's the mess that we can't see in our own lives. It's the self-deception that we just can't see it. We're blind. And the Bible often talks about sin, but about being blind to it. And so therefore, the mark of Christian uh, uh, gathering is when its members know that fact and therefore can be accountable to each other in it. I can think of several times in my life, uh, recent and going back, several times where uh, a Christian friend has come to me and said, Eddie, what are you playing at? What are you doing? And I can't see it, but it takes somebody lovingly to tell me what I really need, not just to tell me nice things. That's what deep gathering is. That's what spurring is really about. It's a moment of great opportunity for spiritual growth. And we all need it because we're so often blind to our needs. Have we got that here at St John's? Uh, Yes, it's very personal. It's to be done with care. It's to be done with prayer. You see, we live in a world, um, don't we, that tells us that no one gets to tell me how I live. And so we're so frightened to say anything to anyone. Blind to the reality and the truth, we need to lovingly gather so that we might just risk to spur one another on. Now, having said the spurring, so you've got considering you've got spurring, you also need encouraging and you mustn't do the spurring without a sense of encouraging and that's the third thing Um, verse 25 encouraging one another the greek word is parakaleo it's a lovely word in greek it even sounds nice in greek doesn't it parakaleo it means to to draw alongside to call alongside even to show compassion and support and kindness and so what you can have in a, in a gathering is that you can either have a gathering or even people who tend to be good at one of these or the other and often not good at both together. Some are really good at the spurring. <laughs> Some are good at irritating but not so good at encouraging. Some people are brilliant at encouraging but they never ever say anything that would uh, speak into your life something that is difficult. And yet we need both of these together, okay? And then... Fourthly, the nature, fourth thing of the nature of this kind of gathering is service. Spur one another, verse 24, on towards love and good deeds. So this is the output, isn't it, of this kind of gathering. It's the output uh, of this one anothering. And of course it gets very practical. We help one another in small ways. It doesn't have to be big ways. I remember... Um, this time last year, the, the lens fell out of my eye, not like physically dropped on, it just fell out internally, and I've only got one eye anyway, and I couldn't see anything. And I remember for two and a half weeks, people from this congregation, some of you, came round with your Tupperware and gave, me, gave Hannah and I uh, a meal. And that was just fantastic. And I know many of you have experienced things like that. 
And that is the kind of working out of this kind of gathering of one anothering. Um, there are lots of opportunities to serve in practical ways. Um, simple tasks that show how much our gathering means to us as a church. So um, Andrew's just mentioned it, the stewarding. We've got a very small stewarding and welcoming team. Uh, Jeremy, who looks after that, has put a couple of notices in. He really needs some help with it. What a great way to show how welcoming and how uh, we gather, how much our gathering means. Um, do uh, uh, look into that. Uh, sign up and be part of the team. It does mean you need a smiley face. It does mean you need to turn up a little bit earlier. And I know that sometimes is quite challenging in St. John's. Um, but that is an opportunity to be, uh, show our gathering. So um, there's some nature uh, of this kind of gathering. And then finally, um, what's the source of it? And actually, this is very important that we get this in place, the source of it. Well, verses 19 to 22, you'll notice that they're all about assurance of salvation. Um, since we have confidence, verse 19, to enter the most holy place through the blood of Jesus. Uh, verse 22 with the full assurance that faith brings. Um, it's, if you're here this morning, you're a believer in Jesus, you've trusted in him, you are accepted not on the basis of your good deeds, but by what Jesus has done on the cross, by the shedding of his blood, you can enter into his presence. You have entered into the Holy of Holies, you are in his presence by faith. It's a wonderful thing. And we can be assured of that. You are in. You are gathered in. You are gathered in uh, the gathering that matters the most, aren't you? Uh, you're in the presence of God, who is by his own nature a gathering. One God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a gathering, isn't it? And that's the gathering that ma matters. And you are in it if you've trusted in the Lord Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. C.S. Lewis um, talked about, uh, in an essay um, that I read about 20 years ago, I don't think I really understood it at the time, it was called The Inner Ring. It was an essay, and he talks in that um, something that's very important to our human nature, the way that we uh, try to get into the inner ring. Uh, and it will mean different, it'll look different for each of us, but there is a sense that we all feel that we're on the outside and that we need to be brought into something. Uh, academics want to get to be the inner ring of professorships. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we work within a, uh, um, a particular job to get into the particular group or the particular club. Or, or, or whatever it might be for you and for me. It works across all uh, levels of demographic. You know, gangs experience this. If you're not in the gang, you want to get in the gang. And once you're in the gang, what often happens is that you despise those who are not in the gang or not in your club or, or ring. But we all have this sense of wanting to be gathered into something. And verse 19 and 22, this is why it becomes so critical is that the writer is telling us you have absolute assurance of salvation. You have absolute confidence that you have entered in. You're in. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in. 
That is the basis of our gathering. Um, You have been admitted to the inner ring through the blood of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're accepted by the one who ultimately counts, isn't it? You're in. And that should give you and me absolute assurance, absolute confidence that we are loved and in the presence of God by faith. You're in. The gathering then becomes, our gatherings become an expression of what you already are in Christ Jesus. And that's an incredible thought when you think about that you're gathered in. You're in the presence of God. And it goes much deeper than that. Um, there's a wonderful verse in 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. It's one of my favourite verses. You should go and look at it and meditate upon it. Um, it says this. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us a very great and precious promise. And he then says, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. If you're a Christian here this morning, you are participating in the divine nature. How amazing is that? That's amazing. How in are you? You're in. You're participating with God. We're not gathering to get accepted. We're not gathering to be in an in-group because we're already in. And because you're already in, when you start to see that, that's the thing that motivates you and that's the thing that changes you, that makes the thing that pushes you out to do good deeds and to love and service to do this kind of deeper uh, nature of gathering with one another. St. John's, uh, my prayer is that I want you to know that you have been gathered. And that will be the source. It'll be the fountain, as it were, the fountainhead, the source. That's what a source is, isn't it? It's a fountain. That will be the source to be what you already are. You know, you are already grapes, not marbles. That might be, if that helps you to remember it, I know Vanessa's laughing, if it helps you to remember it, it's a good thing, isn't it? Think for a moment, what, think about it like this, what is the real consequences of sin? Think about it in the negative sense. The real consequences of sin, of of lying or cheating or being cruel or gossiping or being mean, the real consequences of those things are aloneness. That's the opposite of gathering, isn't it? It's the opposite. Sin kills community. It kills gathering. Stone dead. Whether it's between us and God, our Father, Son and Holy Spirit, or whether it's between us, it kills it. But you see, on the cross, Jesus died. And he died so we could come near. On the cross, what did Jesus say? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is forsaken. Jesus gets aloneness. 
that we deserved so we would not be alone. He lost the gathering with the Father and the Spirit, and he did that so you and me could be gathered in. And the more and more you you kind of meditate upon that, and the more and more you let the Holy Spirit uh, melt your heart with that, of the source of your gatheredness, it will then just change us, change you and me into the church that he wants us to be. We have been gathered. We have been gathered. Let us be that gathered church. Let's pray, shall we? It says at the end of our reading, all the more as you see the day approaching, that day is the final day when the Lord will return. We need to be ready, having trusted in the Lord Jesus that it is him that's brought us in, has gathered us. But if we are already trusting in the Lord Jesus, we know that we are gathered. And we pray as we wait for that day that we will know the uniqueness of being a gathered community that we would know the nature of it, that it would change us, and that we would feed upon the source of it through the Lord Jesus who has brought us in through his death on the cross. We thank you and praise you, Father. May our gathering be that gathering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.